Welcome to the Notes from the Nest, hosted by ALS Athletic Director John Wiley. John explores with his guest a wide range of topics about how their life experiences have been shaped by their personal athletic participation at all levels. We appreciate you being with us for this week's conversation. Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of Notes from the Nest. This is John Wiley. Uh, today I am joined by our two varsity boys basketball coaches, the head coach David Bigelow and assistant coach David Woods. Uh, they are veterans here, but uh, I want you guys to get to know them. Thanks for joining us. It is a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having us. And uh, we've been seeing you on the sidelines for many years now. You've been doing great work with our kids. Uh, but there's plenty of people that don't know you outside of just seeing you on the sidelines. Tell us how you uh, tell us your background. Sorry, my voice is going already. Uh, tell us your background and where you where you grew up and basketball to you. Yeah, so I grew up in Quincy, Washington. Uh, still talk to a lot of the, the guys I got to play with in high school. It's very transformative for me in high school. Went on to play football actually at Whitworth over in Spokane. It's a pirate. Um, live over here in Redmond. Uh, got a chance to coach in Quincy after graduating high school. Back taught in Quincy. Got to coach for about know, less than six or seven years. Everything from middle school girls basketball all the way up to varsity assistant. Um, and so now I live in over here in Redmond. Worked at Dreambox. Work at Dreambox Learning for the past ten years. Have um, a six-year-old twins that are four and a one-month-old at home. That keeps my wife and I very busy. <laughs> and that, by the way, that was David Woods. David Bigelow, you're next. Sure. So I quickly began coaching at Overlake after uh, graduating from Gonzaga. I played baseball there. I grew up in Gig Harbor, Washington. Played for the Gig Harbor Tides, uh, baseball and basketball. Always enjoyed high school basketball specifically, just the atmosphere and, and the season and um, everything that goes along with it. So quickly took a job here, actually coaching uh, baseball and basketball my first season. Quickly realized I could only uh, manage one of those uh, along with my day job in finance and uh, my wife. And, and now we have a, a one-year-old uh, little girl. And so this is my sixth year here and I've really enjoyed it. And for clarity, you two didn't meet until you were coaching here together, correct? Yep. That's correct. Okay. And uh, you guys are off to a great start. Tell me what you love about coaching here. And let's just start with that question. Coaching at Overlake, what, what, are, the, uh, what are the benefits from your standpoint? From what I've seen is just the quality of, of kids, number one. Um, super respectful, really uh, hardworking. They you know, enjoy being coached. And I think um, it's, it's really nice to just be able to provide them after school, kind of that other side of, of the high school experience where it's not quite as, you know, structured in a classroom, but I think a lot of learning goes on, uh, whether they, they may realize it or not. So, um, yeah, that, for me, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. The kids are, are, uh, really fun to work with, right? We say kids, but they're <laughs> young men, men, right. And that's, and having that opportunity to work with 14 year olds and 18 year olds in the same two hours is just creates different challenges, uh, because like, they're just a little bit different, but yeah, just working with the, the kids, the, the players, they they make it very enjoyable. They want to be coached and they, they constantly seek out new information. 
uh, boys basketball at our school is exploding in popularity, not just uh, at the middle school, which is great to see them again after a year off for the whole middle school, but certainly at the high school program. And that's a reflection of what you guys do. I mean, word gets out that it's fun. Uh, what, what does a, what does a freshman, uh, why don't you tell me what a freshman experience is in that first month of high school basketball at Overlake? Yeah, I think first off, I was lucky to inherit a strong program from Coach Prone, and, and I know he took over a program that, that you started. So I think the, the basketball culture here predates uh, either of us. And so my main objective was just don't, you know, just don't ruin it um, and, and build on it, you know, and maybe change on it where I can just as, as times evolve. But, you know, freshman, I think it's a, it is a big adjustment um, going from that middle school level to the high school schedule. Uh, middle school is maybe a little bit for the serious player, kind of a, an add on to their AAU schedule. Whereas uh, high school, this is really it. And then uh, during the summer they can play AAU. And, and I think, you know, from, from their perspective, this is the main, the main deal. And so just, you know, every day after school, uh, a 20 plus game schedule, just realizing the demands along with schoolwork, you know, increasing probably as well. Um, I think probably as much as anything, it's just a, a real, uh, you, you get thrown into the deep end of time management probably. Um, and, you know. and you said something that I think is really important. I think nationally, uh, the rise of club sports, whether what, whatever sport we're playing, it, is always in competition a lot of times, it seems like, with the high school sport. But I, I do think uh, that here, though, for example, I'm looking at your varsity and there's there's kids from a bunch of different club programs, but that is definitely their off-season thought. This is their priority, and uh, you can see it in the way they play. So speaking of that, you're off to a 3-0 start. And... Uh, you know, coming out of the strange spring we had, what's it like to, to get off on the right foot with, with essentially a lot of new bodies? Yeah, I, I think it's, as I told the guys, it's always nice to improve and learn lessons uh, with a win as opposed to, to a loss. Although I don't um, want, you know, these opportunities to get lost in terms of, you know, being kind of blinded by the wins, uh, the, uh, the victory, so to speak. So um, we talk every day about, our standard of play. And, and, you know, if, if we play well and lose a game, uh, we're going to be proud of that uh, effort and, and standard that we played to. And so, although it often correlates, I don't think, you know, the, the final result is necessary, especially at this point in the season. Um, you know, that doesn't dictate necessarily how we, we feel about the game and, and don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I prefer to be three and as opposed to yeah, I'm sure. So yeah, I don't know coach Woods. Yeah. You know, it's, it's good to get the wins because the, the players need to learn how to win, right? And, and that's a big step. It is a big step, and learning to expect to win, regardless of the jersey, the name of the jersey as you talked about, right? Before, so and also keeping them, keeping them reminded, like Big said, if, if we play really hard, we play a good game, and we lose, we'll tip our cap and we'll get back to practice the next day. And we have things to work on. It's really early in this marathon, right? Like we're barely a month in, right? Not even a month. We're three weeks in, maybe right. four um, and a half. Four, but somewhere <laughs> in there, it gets gets mixed in there. Uh, so, get hitting that peak stride. Hopefully, end of January, end of February, it's, is would be nice. And as we get into a full season, uh, last year you played an abbreviated schedule, as everyone did in the state. There was no state tournament. It was that was hard, but 
you did get 70% of it. And there were some states that didn't get any games. And I, I, I can't even imagine what that's like to lose a whole year for, for many players in our country. But you got 70%, and but you had to stay in your league, in your division. Your division is one of, I, I think, for anyone that knows a lot about Washington high school basketball, it is a sleeper among sleepers, no matter what level, right? You've got uh, talented, especially in the Chinook division, you have some talented teams you're playing. And last year you saw Kings and Seattle Academy and Cedar Park, Bear Creek can, can play, you know, Northwest has guys and Overlake. And last year you had no non-leagues, right? So it was just, let's go start, start right now. Yeah. What's, what's it like to actually start into a season with non-league competition and what does that do for your team? Yeah, I think, I mean, last year more than it, it was literally one practice. Uh, and then we played at Seattle Academy, who was a top two or three team all year long. Uh, and so that was get thrown into the fire. We, you know, had quite a few sophomores last year, a, a strong senior class, but um, a deep senior class. But um, I think the combination of at least 10 practices before the first game felt like an eternity this year as compared to two years ago. Uh, where usually usually it flies by, but it was nice. It was it was needed, and we could kind of um, really kind of be more strategic about hey, what do we want to get in at what point? Uh, last year, just from a practice standpoint, we just felt rushed and didn't quite have the time to you know talk over some of those off the court things or um, you know really get to know the kids because we were, were just we've got a game tomorrow. We've got another game in two days. And, and it was just, uh, I mean, it, it was definitely better than having nothing. I, I feel for those sports that at some point missed a season. Um, but I, this year we're kind of back to the, the experience that I like. And, and for our uh, listeners last spring, we had an overlap among uh, sports seasons and basketball was last. And so what uh, coach Bigelow there is, is referring to is there were soccer players that were lacrosse players there were potentially baseball players who only had one week and for to get them all together once is probably great. Uh, but it, you had to have five practices to go forward. And then you had the league game right out of the shoot with SAS with a very talented SAS team and credits to them. But uh, this year in December, it's mostly non-league with the exception of your one uh, at the end of finals week. It's probably the last time we ever, you know, we never won it, but it's the way the schedule works out. We play Bear Creek. Uh, you'll have played three. You've already played three, right? You opened up with, uh, Eastside prep and with also wins over, uh, Friday Harbor and Orcas Charles Wright tomorrow's another non-league and uh, Sultan who is in our conference as some of these schools are, but they're not in our division. So it's considered a non-league They're in the, the coho. That's a Saturday game and, uh, leads up to that bear Creek, that bear Creek game. What's that? What's that little neighborhood rivalry meant to you guys? Because we do now have the uh, Novelty Hill Cup. I, I want to make it clear. I'm glad we created the cup this year because uh, last year they got us a few times, uh, all by under two possessions, I want to say. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're, they're always good. Coach Mendo over there does a good job. and um, They've got, you know, kind of a unique style of play to them. And, and those guys know, you know, how to play. Um, a style that fits them. So, yeah, I mean, they're always tough. Um, there's not going to be, you know, there's, there's not going to be a night off uh, on this schedule all season long, really. I think that's one thing I've seen since 
starting coaching here six years ago was um, the gap has closed a bit. And I think, you know, the, the rising tide has, has really raised all boats where year one or two, there were those nights on the schedule where you're, you knew, you know, guys 10 through 12, Hey, they were going to get some serious run um, just from a athlete standpoint, from a participant participation standpoint at these schools. And now, I mean, um, you know, you look at Eastside prep, they were brand new at the time and, and now they've got a good team over there and um, you know, everyone I think has raised their quality. So every night is, is going to be a test. And, and that's, I think really good for our league. Uh, yeah. I think the Emerald sound conference definitely has benefits that way. And, uh, and there's some, there's some good basketball players in your division. I mean, you're looking at some guys that went D one, just let, you know, from last season, you got some future D one guys coming out. That's pretty rare for small schools. Uh, but shouldn't surprise you with the Rick Skeens out there and, and, you know, what he does over at Kings and, and, but let's, let's bring this back to Overlake, right? So you're going to go in, what, what's different about this team than say last, last year? Like, what do you, give me the upsides of what you see in this team. Uh, well, last year was such a blur, right? right. This year, uh, I think a lot of those were sophomores, now juniors, have a different expectation that some of them just flat out filled out right <laughs> like there's there's some strength there that that definitely came along with just some time um but the the junior class is really solid we have a um, a good senior class that's engaged and the biggest thing is probably we have time to build the team the the camaraderie right Last year was such a blur. You getting sophomores and seniors and juniors playing together. Right. We've got twelve guys right now in varsity that they're working hard every day in practice, and more importantly, they're bonding as a team. Right, like whether it's the the weekend trip to the island or whether it's will be tomorrow to Charles Wright. Um, those relationship building is what probably what's coming through. Just everyone's personality is very open. Right yeah. there, you got guys who've played varsity for three years now. And they talk to anyone in the program, right? right? Like it's like they've been there for three years. So that's nice. And you're going to get another opportunity at the end of the month to go down to Arizona, uh, play three teams down there, kind of a grab bag. You never know what you're going to get, but it'll be fun doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, it comes at a good time, almost another wave of non-league games before starting the second season, so to speak, um, in 2022. So, you know, we'll have a little break after, our one league game this year, play some more non-leagues and then get back after it. So yeah. it's, it, this has been really good. We have a, a lot of new faces um, to the varsity team. Uh, only two guys, I think we took a show of hands, had ever been through a full varsity season. Okay. So that was two years ago. Yeah. Um, a freshman, a sophomore, you know, some new juniors and, and a couple seniors on the varsity team for the first time. So like coach said, I mean, it's been fun to watch that dynamic and, you know, see them really get time to, to bond together uh, this year. And what are your, what are your goals for this, for this particular year? Like, what do you, what's your goal for this team or for this program also? Yeah, I think, I think everyone on the team feels like our ceiling is, is pretty high as, as high as it's been in a few years. Um, and so for me, I mean, as a coach, it'd be nice if you could say, Hey, every game I want to play our best game. Right. But I think probably if we can play our best game at least once every week or once every two weeks and just show, you know, continuous improvement, um, playing our best basketball as we go into the tournament. And that's kind of getting back to, yeah, the three, no starts great. Um, 
and it's kind of this race between teams of, of who can get better the fastest and um, maintain that level of play each night. So uh, for me, that and as a player, I know that high school me probably would have rolled my eyes if my coach had said that, like, oh, he just wants to play well. Like, you know, I, you know I, high school me would be like, what are you talking about? You know, we want to win. win, you know, every game. And don't get me wrong, that's, that's definitely part of the uh, success equation. But I think, you know, being on the side of it, you, you really do appreciate the journey a little more. And uh, I don't know for coach, coach for you, if you have. Yeah, just reaching and helping, helping this group of uh, individuals come together as a team and reach their potential. Like just doubling down on what Big said, if we get them playing the quality of basketball that we believe they're capable of as quick as possible, we can we can find our season going a little longer, a little longer, and be where we want to be. You know, in the aftermath, sure, in that route. So sure. And uh, any challenges you guys see with with this team, like? That you uh, that jump off like whether it's, I mean without <laughs> without tipping off any foes yeah. that might be listening. Let me like, tell you about this inbounds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we really got to work on our zone. I, I don't. Th- I think our challenges are probably fairly similar to other high school teams, you know, out there in terms of uh, the players probably get you know higher than than you want them to in terms of after a win, and they probably get more down on themselves after a loss than than you want them to. I'm just trying to keep them even keeled. Um, but what's not a challenge, like coach said, I mean, it's getting them to play hard. Like that is the number one thing I love is we, we don't have to coach effort ever uh, yeah. on the court. And so that's nice. Uh, sometimes it's just kind of tweaking, um, you know, so they know what to do. And as soon as they know, uh, you know, what is an example of, of effort, they're all over it. So that kind of goes against the grain of stereotype of private school, right. You know, where uh, trying to, trying to teach effort to get whether it's nature or nurture, right? Uh, was it something that you guys were able to do over time that just kind of fostered that effort? Or do you think that that they bring it with them? Or do you think that they just get the encouragement from each other? How do you, you know, because effort, you and I both know, right? It'd be great to have like two 6'10 guys and then a really quick point guard and build around that. But that's stuff you can't control but the effort you give every day is the thing you can. And you're saying that this group of guys, and I would say last year's team for sure, yeah. right? Those guys, maybe that was the legacy that they pass on or they they just passed on down the chain. But that's a huge thing when you say that that effort is something you can count on. Yeah, Biggs and I talk a lot about what gets measured gets valued. And so we measure effort and kids value that. And they're going to talk about it. And last year's senior group, you know, the Romans, the Conrads, Mark, Mark all you know, yeah, led they, with they, they 100% effort, right? So that set a really good example for some of the younger kids that are now the older kids. But yeah, it's effort is you get 12 guys to work together, you can do a lot of good things. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I mean, it seems like every year our, our best player has been our hardest worker, which is, not something that every coach gets. Um, and from the time I, I inherited this job to now, um, I mean, you name it with the Trey Rudolphs and Zach Fosters and Telliers and, you know, all those guys, uh, up to, you know, Roman and, um, Rohan. And I mean, you name it, it's, it's been fairly universal across the board. I think those guys this year, some of our, our leaders and our captains, um, you know, we're, we're lucky to have them point blank. Yeah. Well, I'd also say that that 
you guys have have kept those doors open to a lot of those players. You know, warms my heart as an AD to look at a Thanksgiving practice and look out and there are those kids five years later who come back to your practice to run with your kids. Uh, and they're young men, right? They're, they're polished young men. And, and, uh, and it says a ton about what they felt about this program when they were going through it and what they feel about your guys' leadership. So I want to thank you. I will uh, wish you the best. We're really, really psyched about this season. Uh, for those of you listening, if you ever want to catch you at home, we're on NFHS Network. Dot com, but I'd really suggest coming on out. Uh, there is a 2.30 Varsity Boys, a 1 o'clock JV Boys, and even an 11.30 a.m. game for you this Saturday. Um, and we are allowing all of our fans, as long as you have a vaccination card and, and a wonderful mask in these strange times, uh, we want you there. And we want a big crowd. And over the holidays, we look forward to seeing a lot of familiar faces back. Thanks a lot for you guys and what you do for all these kids. Thank Thank you. you. Go Owls. Notes from the Nest is produced by Mike Fine and written by John Wiley. More information on Owls Athletics is available at Owls News on Twitter and Instagram. Websites include overlakeowls.com as well as goals.com. Tune in the next time for another deep dive into the Nest.